It's an all-new, all-different podcast. Hello, and welcome to Cape Crisis. And one of the things that's different about it is there's no sound effects this week because it don't have the board for it. <laughs> but I'm Henry Gilbert. That's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. <laughs> no, what's also all different about it is no Chris this week. He's away on assignment in Florida, in beautiful, sunny Florida. Uh, but we do have regular co-hosts getting to be regular. Yeah. The Walking Dave, yes. Dave Rudden. This week featuring No Walking Dead. What? Yeah. Uh, but we also have two special guests this week. Uh, what's your names, guys? Uh, this is executive producer Wes Green. Oh, wow. You got in on that, huh? Oh, I'm, on that. I'm one of the lucky ten. Yeah, that yeah. was. you had to get in like the first hour on that. Those thing. are like Amiibos of our Patreon. They were the Amiibos, yeah. I can't and, wait to sell it for inflated <laughs> prices on the internet. <laughs> and we also have... Randy Ma. Hey, Randy. And so, and what's your title? Uh, McCrave Associate, DC Entertainment. Ooh. So, yeah, we've got one of our, our greatest Patreon supporters, and we've got... Uh, DC Pro here. So this is an exciting episode, I'd say. We don't need Chris at all for this. No. Randy, uh, why don't you give us a quick rundown? So, like, what is it you do? What exactly? What is your What is your job? So basically, uh, I have cool. I handle all the interactive and some of the live action digital content at uh, DC. So basically, um, I've been working on the Arkham Knight and all the Ooh. DC games for the last couple of months and years. Wow, years and years on Arkham. Arkham Knight, like, before it was even announced, you were just sitting on that secret the, the whole time, right? Like, oh, for uh, sure. Wow, man. Like, y- y- that's that's got to be... I mean, it's got to be exciting to work on all these games before. And were you a big gamer before? Uh, uh, huge gamer. I listened to uh, you guys back in the day. Uh-huh. So, uh, no, it was great. It's great. It's a good gig. It's a good gig. So you're down in Burbank, same office as the everybody else, right? But, yeah, I think everyone's basically moved over. It's been an exciting year. Yeah, it's... And uh, you were telling me off mic, you're even like, you have the office right next to, or near Jeff Johns, right? Yeah, I, I, I sit next to, uh, close to Jeff, and uh, TV's Mike Carlin. <laughs> TV's Mike Carlin. I, I remember reading comics and like knowing Mike Carlin as the Superman editor during the Death of Superman era. Like, that's when wow. I got to know yeah. him as the household name. So, yeah, he's this long, th- I mean, like, he's a big vet. He's a big vet, isn't he? He killed Superman. So, he don't mess with him. He's the guy. You can't mess with Yeah, and. And are and, those the most read comics in history? Like, what? Uh, did- I mean, they, they sold over a million. I'm yeah. sure they're. Very, they're some of the most famous, but though then again, in the forties, like people uh, were re- people bought like it was. Oh, uh, this comic was a failure. It was two million copies. Yeah. It only sold two million. Like that's that's what print yeah. used to it's be. Kind of like how like you'll see like oh this show got canceled in nineteen eighty three because it only had twelve million viewers. <laughs> yeah, what a what a <laughs> failure of a TV show that was. But okay, you uh, you work right next to Jeff, and you like I've been to the Burbank office, and Jeff has a really cool. Like he has Captain Cold painted on his on his office door. That is just so cool. Oh yeah, it, that, that was all planned. All those doors were planned for Jeff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I I just think that's really cool. That office is you know you, like you said they shut down and moved everybody from the New York office. But one plus side is like they've I mean they built that Burbank office to be the DC place, right? For sure, and that's a great. It's, uh, actually, I've been worked in many offices before, but this is. It definitely feels like a, a dream factory in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like it's, when you think of a comic book office, like comic book company office, like it definitely feels like a fun place to work at. They have a bunch of props, all the costumes out. It's 
It's a fun place to be. Just yeah. being uh, being a friend of Randy's, I always get you know the occasional Google chat message like, "Oh yeah, I got to meet Cisco from the Flash today," or uh, <laughs> "Oh you know I got uh, it's Batman Day, so Kevin Conroy mm. left us all voice messages on our phone this morning." Well, one of the highlights is uh, actually uh, showing Aquaman and Injustice to Jason Momoa, and he was like oh, all about oh, it. Oh man, that sounds awesome! <laughs> wow, oh wow, that. Jeez, uh, that that just that threw me off track of all the other questions <laughs> I was gonna ask. Just imagining that scene, but is Cisco based on anybody from The Office? By the way, because he on the show on Flash, he seems like he is the nerd who read the comics. Who's just like, well, guys, actually, we do this, or like it, that's why I love about Cisco on the show. Cisco is definitely the heart of the show. I'm sure mm-hmm. he's based on a lot of writers' friends, and they yeah. Randy's just being modest. He's based on Randy. Thank okay, you. I, I wasn't gonna say it, but I was like. Hey. Wait, once I get he... once I get killed in the alternate timeline, you guys will feel it. It's, it <laughs> is Cisco the character's name, or is literally Cis- Cisco the, the no? Thong it is is not the Thong Song guy. Uh, it is that's the character's name is Cisco. So yeah, and it, I've been there. It's like at this really cool open office plan, and it's got you know. Uh, well, I know I saw the Man of Steel costume there, and I think the Dark Knight Rises costume there. At least when I was there when I visited last year. And then uh, Rorschach's costume was also there. Oh, yeah, Rorschach, too, yeah. And it had all these, like, DC arcade games I didn't... Or a couple DC arcade games I hadn't, didn't know existed. Like, there were recent ones. Like, one of, like, uh, Batmobile Racing yeah. Game. Like, wow. what, what's the name of that game? The, uh, the Batmobile Racing Game. Okay. Right, 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 around right, the money. Yeah. What else? Oh, yeah. That's the Batman a, Robin Arcade. Oh, yeah, the Batman yeah. Robin Arcade. I do it's remember a, it's seeing like, that. like a pinball show. machine, actually. Yeah, yeah. It, it had such a cool, like, nice open plan to it. I really liked it. It did feel like a modern office, definitely. That's what I liked about it. And also, just everybody had, you know, toys everywhere. And they also had, I think the most toy-covered desk I remember seeing there was the people who work on the DC-exclusive yeah. toys. So, like, DC is pretty different because they actually have an internal toy company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's cool to go to the the collectibles team and just see everything they're working on. Oh, that sounds great, man. Like, okay, well, what's your one of your favorite DC collectibles you own, or it's like, do you have a bunch of toys on your desk? And just, I've got a bunch of, of toys. They actually have the prototype for the uh, Arkham Knight statue, which just came out. Whoa! But the Arkham Knight statue that was solicited and the Red Hood statue are freaking amazing. But yeah. you need, if you like the Arkham, if you like Batman Arkham, you need to get the Arkham Knight statue. It mm-hmm. there's there's some cool things that they haven't shown in solicitations about it, but it's mm. definitely a grab. All right, okay. Well, I, I I am ashamed to admit, uh, Randy, that I tried to play more because I knew <laughs> you're coming on. But like, let me just say, like this week, oh my god, the last week, like I've never been so excited to be this tired. But just <laughs> filling every, you know, especially because Chris is out of town, we had to get a lot of stuff done ahead mm-hmm. of time. And so, like Dave and I have been working like twelve hour days or something on Patreon stuff uh, for the last week. Oh, did and you guys? So, you guys started a Patreon. Yeah, we have. It's uh, it's patreon.com laser time. Slash laser. And, uh, you know, you can. we have all these tiers and rewards. We already have, like, over 880 oh, uh, people giving stuff. And, and yeah, that signed up for them. We, I think we collected our first thing. I think the first payments went through today on the oh, first, sweet. I do believe. But, yeah, it's, it, it is great. And, again, thanks, 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 everybody. But... I also am mad at all you patrons because you made me not have enough free time to play Arkham Knight. And so I'm disappointed in you guys. <laughs> I, I got about two hours in. I have been told by uh, Mikkel Raparez that 
there's a big there's a big turn after the Ace Chemical Plant thing that I have not gotten to see yet. But just the tease of what's going on in the in the game, or just the feel of being like Batman, like the opening area. I uh, let me talk about that. What I have played, walking through the um the police headquarters. That was great. I loved just walking through, you know, getting dropped off, uh, dropping off Poison Ivy. You meet Gordon, and then you're just walking through police headquarters. And, like, do, do you have any insight on that or, like, the those scenes in there, like, early on? Well, uh, have you gone to the evidence locker? No, I talked to Jack Ryder. I did talk to Jack. Jack Ryder's got a really cool side quest, but you should check out the evidence locker. I mean, I know Roxbury's been talking about, you know, how this is, you know, very separate from Arkham Origins, but no, mm-hmm. no, I mean, Arkham Origins is part of it the is Arkham, the Arkham yeah, and you'll find a lot of cool stuff from all the previous Arkham games in the Evidence Locker. Okay, I, I mean, like that. There's two, yeah, that was that was something I'd heard uh, some of my friends like whine about. Like, there's too much stuff to find in Arkham <laughs> City. I gotta gotta do all this stuff. Like, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Like, there's a million side quests to do. I don't get why. Why would you complain? There's too much stuff to find. But. I, do, I do like that. You know, Rocksteady is acknowledging another developer's work on that franchise. Like, I know Bioshock Infinite never really references uh, Bioshock, Bioshock 2. 2. No, yeah, it may as well not happen. Even though yeah. I really liked Bioshock yeah. 2 quite a lot. Like, in, in some ways, I liked what it did more than uh, that. But, but, okay, why don't we get into our regular segment then? We, we'll ask you. I'm certain I'll have more questions about DC. <laughs> For you then, but uh, no but, comment on all the answers. Okay, redacted. Well, so are you guys going to cancel Batman? No, <laughs> no comment. Okay. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you being here, but okay. But Wes, let me get to you a little bit. Like, so you've been, you know, a listener for a while, right? Oh yeah, good long, good long few years. I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not a professional here like Randy. I guess mm-hmm. I'm here just to represent the uh, the average listener. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you're, I mean, yours, bro. Bro, like, well, yeah, yeah. I made the introduction and whatnot, but you're not uh, my bro. I'm just, I'm just. Don't, don't you, don't you put me under the bus like that, right? Now. Um, what, what, no, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm riding his coattails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and if I follow the, if I follow the uh, connections right, like you introduced Randy to our stuff, and then Randy introduced it. To, no, 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 no. You got oh, it backwards. Oh, Randy, okay. Randy introduced me. I introduced oh, laser time to everyone I know. You ah. do, yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've gone on to introduce it to other people, but Randy was the progenitor here. He's uh, well, we want to be like a religion, and we pass it along, or man. no, a cult, not a, not a no, religion, no, no. You want to stick with the religion thing because then we can do this Patreon tax. Free. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Stick man. with that. Yeah, that's the original Patreon religion. Man. And every like, Patreon tier is like a Scientology tier. Like you're <laughs> you'll a get an OT, one. Yeah, instead of a tier, it's like you're OC six. Come yeah. on, guys, let's hit nine thousand. We yeah. get rid of these thetans. <laughs> yeah, we can find. Okay, well, yeah. Then, well, people who've listened to the show regularly then know, Randy, that you you introduced uh, previous guest Chris Baker to this show. Correct? Yeah, I used ah. to be uh, Chris's intern, then I became his co-worker. And, and as he told it, you were listening and you told him that I had mentioned his name on, on the show and said, like, oh, Chris's, Chris's Marvel job is so cool. Like, to be the guy who... You know, okay's Marvel games and whatever. That sounds so awesome. And then you passed along to him, right? Is that is yeah? That, that's basically how it went. Yeah, and so so you've worked on both sides. Then you've worked at Marvel and DC. Like. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, I've been very lucky in that respect. Yeah, you told me uh, off mic that you one of your earliest jobs is that at the 2012 E3 you were showing around Joe Casada. Right? Yeah, so actually, because um, I used to be an intern for Chris, but when I got hired. It was like the week right before E3, and they told me that I had to uh, walk Joe Casada around E3 and introduce him to all the games. The big boss, the, the big, like he's like he. I yeah. mean, he was. This was when he was EIC, right? Oh yeah, okay. for sure. Well, so when he and you saw you took him around places, including Activision, 
And so I recall this because we were talking about this because I had an Activision, I had a story about seeing Joe Quesada at E3, and it was, and now to realize that you were the guy probably leading him around. So I was backstage at Activision or in their like press room, which their VIP area, and I just demoed. Uh, probably the Bond game in Transformers Fall of Cybertron. And so I was just hanging out and, because it's nicer to be there than on the show floor, and you can get all the free bottled water you want. And so, <laughs> and so I was hanging out there, and then I, I see out of the corner of my eye, like, holy shit, that's Joe Quesada. And then I realized, like, not everybody else here is recognizing <laughs> this guy. Because, you know, if, if you don't read comics, you don't you probably won't recognize Joe Quesada on site, even though I, of course, would. And so my immediate thought in my head was, hey, shout at him. Uh, this was a joke thought, not a serious thought. But I, I almost said, like, Mary Jane and Peter forever, man. And <laughs> I was like, I don't think you'll think that's funny. And what if you ever meet him again, ever? And the, the, But now to think if I had shouted that at him while you were standing next to him at the Activision thing. That, I just assumed he was there for a meeting about a Spider-Man game or some, some sort. But. Wes, are you about to say something? No, no, no. I'm just enjoying this. this is just... <laughs> um, well, okay. Well, let's get in the normal section here, Dave, unless you have any questions you'd like to ask. Uh, no, I don't got anything right now. All right. Let, we'll come back to you. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got stuff. We'll cut it in afterwards. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, all right. So what have you been reading? Let's just get straight into that. Let's start with our guests. Uh, Wes, you reading oh, no, comics? Oh, no, no, no. I'm more of a watcher than a reader. Oh, okay. Well, so any... you, just, you just watch people reading comics? Uh, I, like, I, like, I like to watch. Yeah. <laughs> just go to a library. Get it with a like, shoulder. Just like, oh, it's a good book. Well, yeah, are, are, are there any comics? Non, nonfiction is what I like to watch people reading most. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, are there any comic book shows you watch regularly? Oh yeah, I, uh, I'm all caught up on my Flash. I'm all caught up on my Arrow. I'm all caught mm-hmm. uh, Agents of Shield. All that good stuff. Everything but Gotham, unfortunately. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're fine. Man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's <laughs> are they hey, all coming back? I think they've all been. I know Gotham's been renewed. Yeah, I think everything got renewed except yeah. for everything. Right? Yeah, everything except oh. for Constantine, which is a shame. Yeah, I had heard good things about it, and it's too bad the Vertigo show is the one that like <laughs> took the took the. It was like the only Vertigo show on TV. Though. Soon there'll be the Satan, not Satan, um, Lucifer show, Lucifer, Lucifer series. Yeah. <laughs> like so. Satan, oh, don't forget Satan about show. iZombie. Come on. Oh, I always forget iZombie's a Vertigo thing. That's right. Yeah. Do you is the Vertigo stuff in that in your office too? I guess it must be Vertigo. Yeah, Shelley yeah. Bond is in her office. Oh, that is so cool. I'm just—is this other person in your office? What about it? <laughs> now I—I I I don't know if you know, but the entire DC office moves to the West Coast. Duh, duh. No, I know that. I know. All right. Well, then, yeah, I—I I need to get more into Arrow. I know the first, the entire first season. I haven't seen the entire first season of Flash because it wasn't all available on Hulu. Right. When I want to start watching it, and I didn't. I chose not to steal it. I could have, <laughs> but I chose not to, and. And because you're, I wouldn't want to disappoint Randy by doing that kind of thing. That because it's very wrong to steal people's property and watch it. I agree. Although I unabashedly stole, you know, the majority of that stuff. But uh, you knew it was wrong. I'm sending you uh, a lawsuit soon. Don't yeah, worry about it. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I'm used to it. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I'm I'm gonna catch up on Flash. I really need to watch Arrow now that I've. It is weird for me as a person who's only watched Flash to then see all these Arrow references that I'm like they're just flying over my head like. I know that's Black Canary, but I guess she works with her dad, and her dad's like a cop. You know, yeah, it's weird. Having watched Arrow and Flash, it's it's led me to go back and read a little bit more into the backstories of the characters. 
and and they vary a lot. But for me, it's just it's it's weird when you're watching them both at the same time because Arrow is dark and gritty, and mm-hmm. the Flash is borderline a cartoon in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's one of my favorite in one of their crossover-ish episodes of Flash, the one where they go to Keystone to look for the corpse of um, Harris, mm-hmm. uh, and. Cisco makes the the canary call for for Black Canary, right. and when I feel like that was him showing up, I was like, "I'm the magic guy who can give people superpowers, and you should have these already." So here, just have this. And so he got to infuse; he gets to infuse more superpowers into the normal show, uh, right. Green Arrow. And at he, that point, that's already the second canary too. So uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, and that, it's the uh, the first one is that's White Canary, who's going to be on the. DC Legends. Legends Legends of Tomorrow. Correct, yeah. (laughs) That has like... Trademark. That has Rip, Rip, no, Rick Hunter in it, who is a character I thought, I'll never see Rick Hunter in live action. That'll never happen. Yeah, but you also never see a Final Fantasy VII remake, and you also never see a Shenmue Kickstarter. (laughs) There's a lot of nevers that you do. You really can never say never. It's It's pretty wild. But, okay, yeah, I need to... I also kind of want to see, like, they put in Rachel Ghoul, right? And, and Rachel Ghoul's uh, in season three. And they go to Nanda Parbat, even. Yep. They do. It, it all sounds the big, the big storyline in season three is all about the League of Assassins itself mm-hmm. and the leadership. I was surprised that they, you know, I remember reading as a fan back in the day when the Arkham, uh, not Arkham, when uh, Dark Knight, the Dark Knight trilogy was going on. They always say, like, well, you can't have Joker on the Justice League show because of rules or whatever. So I just figured you wouldn't get to see all this uh, Ra's al Ghul stuff on a non-Batman thing. And yet here they all are in, in Green Arrow. So that, I don't know. It was a nice surprise. That's all. It works well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's... Uh, well, because Arrow's a kind of more of a Batman figure in this than he normally he's is. He's very much just Batman in the show, yeah. Well, I mean, that's when he was create when he was created before he became the, you know, bleeding heart liberal of the people. <laughs> uh, Oliver Queen was... He had, a he had like, an arrow cave and an arrow car, and it's like he was... He had a lot of similarities to Batman, and it wasn't until the 70s, really, that they kind of broke from that. It really doesn't start like that either. I don't, uh, you haven't watched season one or anything, but he just straight up kills a lot of dudes in season one. (laughs) He's, you know, Batman's number one rule. He's just, he murders a ton of people in season one. Wow. Eh, I mean, he's got arrows. What's he going to do? You know, like they can't all be, you know, shots to the leg or hand. Arrow to the knee. Yeah, Yeah. an arrow to the, damn, I'm (laughs) But, and I, and I'm looking forward to the Supergirl show. I've, I've said it before on here. it, It is, it is, uh, it is slightly uncomfortable to have you on here, Randy, just because I have sometimes not said the nicest mm. things about DC properties. But I will honestly say, like, the TV shows, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a real good show, and I've heard lots of good things about Agent Carter. But on TV, DC really has its game. Like, they are, they are doing great stuff on TV. I'm glad you're finally watching I've been asking people to tell you for, like, a year. Lots of people <laughs> have told me. Lots of people have told me. And I did it. I'm sorry. Everybody who listens again, I'm just... <laughs> Sorry I took so long to watch it. I got lazy. I wanted to watch, you know, I don't know, Unbreakable Kenny Schmidt. Or or, or we watch every season of Parks and Rec yeah. before watching the final season. Randy just, just added got... every episode of Seinfeld to Hulu. How can yeah. you resist that stuff? Randy just got me watching Unbreakable Kenny Schmidt last night. Uh, so good. I love that show. It is a great, great I, show. I'm a, you know, I'm a big uh, Defuan. What's his name? Uh, Titus, uh, Titus, Andromedon. Andromedon. Titus Andromedon. <laughs> Titus Andromedon. That's yeah, a perfect like, name. Yeah. God, I love he's so fucking Spider Man too. Too many Spider Men. <laughs> really, every Spider Man, uh, so great. Um, okay, well, so Randy, what have uh, you been reading lately? 
Anyway. I mean, I've been I've been checking out actually. So I checked out the new uh, Hellblazer, Constantine. So if oh. you like classic Hellblazer, you should check out the first issue. He's okay. definitely a scoundrel, definitely an asshole in many respects. That's good. Uh, that, that is Constantine. Mm-hmm. Like he's 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 like Han Solo, but a drinker and like turned up uh, a few notches. <laughs> But Hansel has a heart of gold. Yeah, you, you're not so sure about that with Constantine. Constantine's just a jackass. <laughs> yeah, the nicest... He's, see, I think I have a higher opinion of Constantine because the first time I read a Constantine book, it wasn't it wasn't Alan Moore's Constantine in, in Swamp Thing or, say, Garth Ennis's. My introduction to him was Neil Gaiman's version of him in Books of Magic and Sandman. You know, Neil's Constantine is one of the softer Constantine, who is like, he's kind of a cad, and he's like friendly with Zatanna and stuff like he's he's not he's not a total asshole yeah it's much more romanticized yeah yeah that's that's the way guy that's the way gaiman does it but i also like that you know constantine has he can it depends on the writer and he can be whatever he needs to be in that moment but so that book's good good. uh dr fate if you want to check out the new dr fate i need to read that too i I am a big Dr. Faith yeah. fan. I always liked his design and stuff and all his onks. He was rocking onks before it was cool. Oh, for sure. <laughs> now, that's the thing about, I love, I mean, I love Dr. Strange. I feel like Dr. Strange is just a day sex machina. Dr. Faith actually has, mm. like, stakes. Like, he can't wear the helmet too long or unless yeah. they go crazy. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, I liked, he had just been a background character in the crossovers for me for a long time until I saw, uh, you know, your boss's uh, Jeff John series, uh, JSA, what he co-wrote. They really made Fate, like, matter on the team. Like, he's like, no, this is the magic guy who does shit other people can't do. He'll he'll teleport people places. He's he's a useful guy, and he actually had like that weird story where every every previous user of the helmet was like in this world with him. It was I like that idea. I like, but uh, what's what's the what's the status quo of the new Doctor Fate exactly? Uh, it's a it's a new character. It's a, mm. it's another Nelson though, so okay. they keep that through line there. But it's basically um, an origin story if you mm. want to jump back in. But it's, you know, if you want to jump into DC Comics, like now's the time. I feel. Oh yeah, no, all the yeah I. I, I think all the stuff they've been doing post-convergence, like, I've read so many great books. Last week I was talking about how much I love Prez, and... Uh, and so do, do you know who who writes Prez, right? No. It's the political satire. If you, if you watch the Simpsons episode that when Lisa goes to Washington, they got on the piano. Oh, yeah. That's, he's the writer of Prez right now. What? The yeah. real-life version of that guy? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. Man, wow. That is... <laughs> I mean, I love that first issue. I thought it was hilarious. And same with... Uh, and also, like, the new Superman, uh, the the one um, in Superman specifically. I, I haven't been reading Action Comics, but the one with uh, Gene Wong, uh, Yuang... God damn it. Anyway, Gene. <laughs> Keep going. Keep and, going. And, and John Romita Jr., uh, their team, like, the, the truth and uh, that it's called, where it's the death of Clark Kent, apparently... I, I really like where it's going. It's an interesting setup, and and it's it's making me care more about the the Clark status quo. For like, sure, yeah. Now Clark Kent is one of the things I think find most interesting about Superman because you know mm-hmm. he was Clark Kent before he was Superman. He was Clark Kent for you know over a decade years, and to find out you're adopted and an alien. <laughs> Yeah, it's a huge mind blow. I know. Yeah, he has to deal with that stuff. Like, yeah, I, I like. That's I like that this Kent is kind of more closed off. Like, that is an interesting take on Superman because you're used to like the Superman I grew up with, and even before that, but the Superman of the Death of Superman and Onward era with the mullet. Yeah, with the with the mullet, <laughs> whatever. But he's he's always been like a super friendly guy. He's like, I understand everybody. I'm a cool dude. But this. Like, he kind of is that when he's Superman, but the current Superman, and definitely Clark, 
is like, hey, F you, buddy. Like, you, you ripped off all these people. Like, I don't care about you. Or, or he'll give a speech to his editor-in-chief like, this isn't news. This isn't <laughs> reporting. What are we doing here? Like, he's, he's a lot more quick to temper this, this Superman. Sure. And, and I like that he's just like a dude in a t-shirt now, too. That's, <laughs> that's an interesting situation for Superman to be in. And speaking of Superman, that leads me to one of the books I read this week, which I had not heard this book before it came out this week, and it came out today on Canada Day, and uh, that is We Stand on Guard. Now, had anybody heard of that before? Mm-hmm. Nope. That it is... So, writer uh, Brian K. Vaughn, you know, writer of Saga, Why the Last Man, Ex Machina, this is his newest book. He's doing with Steve Scorsese, who was a big artist in the 90s and then became a uh, basically a storyboard artist for the Wachowskis on all their films. <laughs> and now this is one of Scorsese's first return to comics. And the story is 100 years in the future. Uh, it's 100 years in the future. And America thinks Canada attacked them in and and like blew up the White House and then they retaliate and bomb Canada and it is now the war between a futuristic war between Canada and America. Oh, I've had and, this dream. And you're fo- <laughs> and, and apparently the stars of the book are Canadian freedom fighters that you're following and it's it's really interesting and the the thing that really got me in it it's just the first issue. I'd normally wait for trade and I think I'll probably wait for trade for the rest of them. But there's this funny bit in it where uh, one of the freedom fighters is revealed to have a a, a super Superman tattoo on his arm, though they partially obscure it. So don't don't start telling people to sue Image yet, guys. But um, but he has this great speech, like a kind of Tarantino-style speech about like, no way, man. Superman's not about the American way. He's a Canadian. He's like us, and he has this all like. You know, Metropolis is America and Krypton's Canada. And it's mm-hmm. like how Canadians fly off to to America to do something great there. And then they come back and every and everybody in America, it's it's a great place, but it's run by rich jerks like mm-hmm. Lex Luthor. And it's a really cool speech. It was like, when, just when I thought I'd heard every, every viewpoint on Superman that could be said, I really, I had not heard that one before. It was really, it was a really interesting hook uh, in, in a book full of cool ideas. But again, this is the first issue, but it was a really cool one. I just can't think of any Canadians that really come to America and have that <laughs> sort of power of anything that is marginalized and made fun of. Well, I think that in, in celebrity cases, like, say, Mike Myers, like, you uh, know, he's, uh, he's I would have gone to uh, Alex Trebek is where my brain Yeah, is, Alex so. Trebek. There are, I mean, there are Canadian celebrities, but that you don't, in, if you're friends with Canadians, they'll point out, like, oh, that guy's Canadian. Hey, oh, you think that guy's, that guy's Canadian. He's, he's, he's not American. Arrow, like, Arrow star Stephen Amell is Canadian. Yeah, it's Canadians are all over the place. They just they 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 just don't have like a tattoo of a maple leaf on their <laughs> face or whatever. But anyway, yeah, let me just tell you, we stand on guard. Really good first issue and great Canada Day reading or July Fourth reading. Uh, and then all the I've only read two other books this week. I read Secret Wars four, which is more crazy crazy shit happening there like it's unlike you could say about say age of ultron shit happens every issue in secret wars man everything well age of ultron is just people like standing just talking yeah and saying like well what if we went back in time no that won't work what about (laughs) this way in time Eh, maybe yeah instead of this like no this issue has you know Thor's uh, multiple Thor's fighting Thanos and the Avengers and then Doctor Doom fights Phoenix and it's just like this is crazy shit here like I that's what I love like that that things happen in it uh, and then the other book I read was uh, Howard the Duck for mm. which Howard the Duck is still one of my favorite books it is so funny if you guys want 
A continuity-free, hilarious book to read, Howard the Duck is number one on your list. One of the funniest bits they do in this one is he teams up with Doctor Strange and it is connected to Secret Wars from the 80s. Like it says on the cover, it's like Secret Wars tie-in. No, 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 not that Secret Wars, the 80s Secret Wars. Like, <laughs> and it just has these cool cutaways. It's it's such a funny book. It's by the same people, well, one of the, one of the half the team of Sex Criminals. And it's just so hilarious. Chip Zdarsky, one of my favorite guys working right now. So that's that's what I've been reading, Dave. Well, uh, I had my first, my, yeah, had my first official uh, Cape Crisis homework assignment. Oh boy, Dave's homework assignment. Oh, I forgot to I, read up along with you. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, if it's any consolation, I just finished it on the cab right over here. <laughs> that's why you were late. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, so, all right. Was, In case people don't recall, from last week, you were given the first ever Dave's homework assignment. You took home volume one of Mark Wade's yep. Daredevil Run. And so you've now read the first six issues. And uh, I really liked it. I'm not going to, you know, if I'm going to do grades, I'm not going to start with an A. I'm going to say this is a <laughs> solid B+. Plus. B+, plus okay. comic. Okay. Uh, Just like Daniel Bryan is yes. a B-plus player. It's a B-plus comic. <laughs> Daredevil's a B-plus superhero. Got a lot yeah. of... He's great. He's great for Netflix. going to be in a movie? I don't know. Uh, though, though it, like, I've watched probably four or five of the Netflix episodes. It makes mm. me want to get back into that because as as much as I thought that... Uh, Foggy or Foggy? Foggy. Foggy Nelson is, is a tool well, yeah. on the show. He's a bigger tool in that comic. He, <laughs> he looks like he should not be getting as much action as he gets in those six issues. He does. Yeah, he gets... It is surprising. So wait, wait, wait. You haven't gone to Kingpin yet on the Netflix show? I have. Okay, I've seen a little okay. bit of him. Like He hasn't, conf- he hasn't confronted uh, Daredevil yet. How okay. have you started watching that show but not finished watching that show? I just got caught up with other stuff. It's okay. He just yeah. whines about Vanessa for half the time. It's fine. <laughs> but he does it in like a low-grading voice and real yeah. like scary like <laughs> and then he just stares at a wall yeah <laughs> he makes an omelet I mean, he really does stare at a wall yeah that omelet that omelet looks nice yeah. man i want it i just to live like the kingpin for a week just make the same <laughs> omelet <laughs> spread your stuff on it and then eat it like uh, uh, anyway but are you enjoying Dare, the the comic oh yeah i think it's I, one of the best illustrations of our uh, radar vision I've, oh my oh, god yeah, yeah the yeah. radar vision is amazing like i was like why never why hasn't it been drawn this way this long and yeah and also the uh, well, Dave, you tell more about it, and I'll say. I mean, I really liked how it showed. I don't know if the show does this as much, but it shows his weaknesses, like simple things, like I dropped this thing, like he dropped the part of. The, I guess it was like the mask when he was in this uh, in this weird contraption that the claw put him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, he drops l- this part of it that he took with him on the way out, and he can't find it because he's blind, and it's yeah. n- and it's not something that he can like really senses in the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I love that too because. I feel like Wade recognized so many writers before him had been treating his sound, his radar vision as the same as just that he can see. Like yeah. functionally, he's the same. That he that he can't see doesn't mean the difference. He yeah. just he just sees. He basically sees. But meanwhile, Wade is like, no, if he's falling out of a plane, he doesn't see shit. Like yeah. it's not. He's in the open air. There's nothing to bounce sound off of. He can't hear it. Or same with um with the claw, with Claw when he fights him. Yeah, and I also liked. I mean, this is the reverse of the joy that 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 like, you and Brett probably get when you see a Marvel movie and somebody like randomly pops up that you didn't expect. But I didn't expect to see the claw in that comic. But then mm-hmm. seeing him in the comic and realizing, oh, that's that dude who got that's his arm Andy cut Circus. up. Yeah, and yeah, in, in, in uh, Avengers two, that's <laughs> that, like that makes me want to read more comics just so I can have that little like I know who that guy is. <laughs> See, now you I, know how we feel uh, watching yeah. these shows. Uh, and, and also, like, his fight with Captain America, I thought was pretty cool, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Like that he caught his shield, he's, and he kind of is, like, showing... I like that Daredevil was feeling like being a show-off. And yeah. 
and that his friends then were saying like you've just gone crazy Matt like yeah. you you need to see a doctor and yeah. he's like no I just want to have fun leave me alone I'm tired of being sad let's have yeah. fun wee like a so that fight and the the fight at the end of that trade where it's like him against like uh, I can't, I can't remember it's like a bunch of like different factions have oh, sent, the, yeah, uh, yeah yeah uh, serpent it's, society yeah, it's, it's hydras in their aim yes yeah. yes yes. Also, all of them are like they're in a like a Mexican standoff in a hallway, and he just negotiates his way out of it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how he negotiates his way out of like into a, into a stalemate with Captain America, basically. Where it's yeah. like a fights aren't just him beating the crap out of somebody. It's him like I realize this is a fight that I might not win. I'm going to use my lawyer powers exactly. and like lawyer in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just that, lawyered everybody in there and just yeah. walks away. And like I, I love that stuff. Like it's a little bit. I mean. Again, I haven't watched every episode. This makes me want to, uh, but I like that it explores this different area of his powers. Definitely better than the movie, I'll tell you that much. Well, I mean, uh, that's not hard. Yeah. But- and, yeah, I mean, there are just things. The Captain America thing is so brief. There's, like, at the very end, it's like, here's a hard drive in a... Was it... One of the Fantastic Four's emblems has yeah, a hard drive yeah, in it. Yeah, because it's a story. It's a, like a... It's an quintuple terabyte yeah. hard drive. Yeah. And also, the I really love the little mini story where he's... He's walking around Manhattan and saying, like, this is all the stuff I love. I was like, man, I want to move to Manhattan man. now. That sounds amazing. I want to see it through his ears. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's great, Dave. Well, I'm sorry. We've, we're running a little long in the first segment. We need to cut this off. But what we will, in the break, well, I'm going to bring out that pile and we'll give you your new homework yeah. for next week. But uh, all right. We take a quick break. We come back. We'll get into the news and your answers to last week's question of the week. Everybody and welcome to the break. I just want to thank Wes and Randy one more time for being on this episode. They're really cool guests to have on, and I liked hearing about the inside of the DC world. It was so cool. But again, I want to thank all of you guys too for listening and uh, any new listeners we've gotten as well. This has just been oh boy, this has been a a fun, exhausting last week or so. Again, because of that darn Patreon, I can't stop talking about it. Patreon.com slash LazerTime. If you enjoy what we do and you'd like to support us and doing more cool stuff, you can head over there, can pledge to do X amount a month, and that'll send it directly to us. It's the best way to, you know, directly contribute to the show and help us out. We really appreciate it. Everybody's done it so far. We have saw an outpouring of support, way more than we'd ever seen and even expected uh you know over it's over 880 people now over $7500 and and really every bit helps keeping this going like i said we've now made this our full-time job me dave and, and chris the regular hosts on the show you know laser time is our full-time job now and stuff like that helps us 
be that, you know, and we can keep doing all these podcasts and have all this free time and and uh, to write more stuff for the site. We're really investing more in the site because you've showed us how much you want to see invested into the site, and we really appreciate it. Uh, though, also, if you wanted to support us without, uh, but weren't feeling like giving to the Patreon, you know, even though the five dollar reward, you know, you get a lot of good stuff for some exclusive podcasts each week. But anyway, if you don't, uh, if you just want to help without uh, buying anything extra or spending any extra money, but you buy stuff on Amazon, you can buy things through the links to Amazon that are on this page, including the suggestions for ep- uh, for comics that we mentioned in this episode. Now, you could buy what we suggest, but if you buy anything on Amazon through those links, it costs no extra to you, but a little bit of money gets sent our way, which again, helps keep the show going and, and helps us out. All right. And so last, it's time for the Hank's Corner pick of the week. And uh, this week's pick is Batman Heart of Hush is my pick. And it comes from playing Arkham Knight. Now, the Arkham games were, you know, constructed in part by Paul Dini. He made the universe. And it's definitely the Paul Dini-verse, like a darker version of the animated series. And that's a lot what Heart of Hush is. In fact, a lot of plot points from Heart of Hush were borrowed in a storyline in Arkham City. And this is the uh, greatest story of, like, Batman versus Hush, the villain, you know, with the invisible man type face who is, uh, he's decided to, like, he's using his surgeon powers to take on Batman and defeat him. And, and it's, it's such a, he, he, like, he literally steals Catwoman's heart. That's how crazy this book gets. And it's a nice balance of, you know, the gritty detective noir style and, the, the kind of fantastical stuff that goes on in Batman's world. So I'm going to have a link to Batman Heart of Hush on this week's story page. You can buy it and read it for yourself uh, if you think it sounds cool to you. And you, it costs no extra to you to buy through our Amazon link, and it helps us out too. That's it. Now back to the rest of the show. Okay, and we are back, everybody. Welcome back. So, Dave, let's get this out of the way. Your new homework. So, I have the same pile from last time. For the listener, we've got Fatal, Volume 1 by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. The first volume of the Darkwing Duck comic by Boom Studios. Uh, Punk Rock Jesus, The Humans, the weird 
post-apocalyptic motorcycle mm-hmm. apes book. And Alamore's Swamp Thing, the first volume, one of the most important comics mm-hmm. in history, I'd say. It's a hardcover, So too. I feel like you gave that one the hard sell. Uh, you uh, know, they're all good. They're at, all good. In honor of our guest, I think Vertigo is, is an imprint of DC, right? I mean, Swamp it, Thing's so a DC character. Oh, okay, so let's go with Swamp Thing. And plus, it's... Uh, this is the one I almost picked last time, and you know what? Now that I see it, it's not as thick as I thought it was. Dave, I think it's the hardcover. When like yeah. when I saw it, I'm like, I was I was too scared, but uh, I, I think I can handle this. And that's uh, that's the comic that maybe appreciate paneling. I'll go ahead wow. and read that one this comic. week too. Okay, in yeah. solidarity for you, and as as the first member of the of the Cape Crisis book club. Yeah, <laughs> at the very Let's least, get guys, it going. At yeah. the very least, guys, read the first uh, the first issue in it, or actually, it's the second issue in it, but yeah. it's called Ana- the Anatomy Lesson. One of the most like groundbreaking comics of the eight. Like it's at the tone for everything in the eighties, and yeah, it's just this amazing single issue. Like you said, Randy. Like panel, just panel layouts. Like, right? What? What was it that it taught you about? It, you said yeah. you said Swamp Thing taught you. Something. Oh, it taught me how important paneling was and how it is seminal uh, for the medium. Yeah, you just take it. Uh, you take you take it for granted in other books. You just think, well, these panels fell down wherever they were. Yeah. Somebody just put them there. You're just not thinking about it. But yeah, that's oh, that's such an amazing, amazing book, Dave. You're in for you're in for a treat. Yeah. At the very least, read Anatomy Lesson. You don't have to read. The whole thing with the fluoronic man, I suppose. Though I like that whole story, but I mean, is it a man made of fluoride? Uh, he's fluoronic? made of fluoride. His teeth are perfect. Oh, fluoride. Though. <laughs> fluoride. I like that. I like yeah, that. I like the fluoride. Yeah. yeah. He's he's Jesse Ventura's worst enemy. <laughs> Got the fluoride. I, I need no, Chris here want, to do. He wants to change the entire ocean Let into a pool. Let me tell you about the lizard no, that's chlorine. Sorry. Sorry. No, one of my one of my dreams is to get Swamp Thing in the game and him give someone this hallucinogenic fruit as a fatality. <laughs> one of my favorite Swamp. <laughs> that is great. One of my favorite Swamp Thing books ever was an uh, uh, Alan Moore one that he did was a team up book with Superman. Where Superman was like dying of a kryptonite disease, and then he goes he goes south to die because he doesn't want his corpse to be found by any superheroes, and but then he runs into Swamp Thing who's down south, hmm. and Swamp Thing heals him with a hug, Aww. like it's just the one page is a Swamp Thing just hugging him until he feels better, and the and like that's it. Like I don't mean to ruin the end of the thing for you, but all right, so let's get into the news of the week. Um, rumors say the Comixology, Comixology is going to get into an all-you-can-eat style subscription <gasps> service soon, and that it might get announced at Comic Con. We will see, but this is the that would be quite a Comic Con announcement, at least. But How much would you chart like? That's, that's not uh, in the yeah. rumors, yeah. But I think there's there are services like that that are all-you-can-read type things that are similar to mm. what you'd give a month to say Netflix or Patreon, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, patreon.com slash laser time you know uh, but I'd say the big news this week would have to go to Marvel just because they announced 50 books I'd say that are coming out in October so it's a week ahead of time at Comic Con everybody announces new stuff at Comic Con it's it's a big deal every time and so and Marvel have been very secretive about what their new books are going to be post Civil War like I I, for example, I follow Dan Slott, the writer of Amazing Spider-Man, and everybody keeps grilling him like, come on, what you doing after Civil War? What you doing after Se- uh, Secret War? And he, he says, I can't tell you, I can't tell you, I'll tell you when I can. This was finally the week, like, and they, they revealed all this stuff. So, I haven't been following, Has does Red Wing get a cap costume? Is that uh, finally happening? Not that I've seen any of the promotional art, no, I have not seen, I don't think Red Wing gets a costume, unfortunately, but the, there's so many, man, there's just too many interesting new books, like, from, like, starting with Spider-Man, not only is there now Spider-Man, which is just, oh, one word, well, 
two words hyphenated, Spider-Man, and by Brian Michael Bendis, and it stars Miles Morales, but now Amazing Spider-Man, it's turning Spider-Man, Peter Parker, basically into like a, a Tony Stark, Bruce Wayne character. He's <laughs> he's a playboy, or he's a rich guy that owns his own Parker Industries, and he uh, they seem to show that he's got a more high-tech suit, and he's going around the world. He's not just sticking to Manhattan. It's, it's a really different status quo for Peter. Spider-Man Incorporated? Yeah. It, oh, no, somebody, you're throwing, you're throwing <laughs> stones at it now. For some reason, this personification reminds me of Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3, where he's doing Oof. the dance outside of the... Uh, uh, don't, don't remind me of that. No, this will be better than that in every way. Everything's coming up Parker. Yeah. Everything's coming up Parker. God, his emo haircut in that yeah. movie. And then he freaking like just sings like a Bob Fosse song. It's ridiculous. That's <laughs> right. what you really think. Uh, um, also, we got to do uh, a commentary for that movie. We sure do. Uh, oh, and there's, speaking of which, one of my other favorite spider books, Spider-Woman, it's restarting and she's like nine months pregnant on the cover. Like she's going to be like the single mom superhero, it would seem, which is, that's different. I haven't seen that before. And, and But it's still the same creative team. And meanwhile, Daredevil is another one I'm really excited for because uh, Charles Soule, S-O-U-L-E, uh, he just worked on a great She-Hulk book. I love the She-Hulk book and that the writer, he comes from a, a law background. Like he, he, I believe he studied wow. to be a law, lawyer and he added that to She-Hulk. And so obviously he's got to do that with Daredevil. But the other weird thing about it is like the tagline tag line of it is the devil's apprentice. And by the look Donald of Trump. the... <laughs> he has become Donald Trump. No, it's... Oh, my uh, God. We're going back to Shaolin. Is that happening again? Uh, his costume is all black. I will say that. But he's he seems to be training Gambit of all characters. Like, it looks like... They haven't confirmed it, but it really looks like Gambit in the imagery. And, uh, you know, there's new Uncanny Avengers by Jerry Dugan, which that's exciting to me that he's... He was on the joke, the very good joke book, Deadpool, and now he's going to be on Avengers? That's... That's a real step up for him. And uh, there's a new uh, Extraordinary Avengers series written by Jeff Lemire, which is great. Like, he's just the kind of, like, he's, he's used to writing books about weirdo outcasts. And so him moving to the X-Men is just a great fit, I'd say. And I want to read off a couple more of them, too. Oh, yeah, the, the um, uh, a- oh, Doctor Strange. The, the new Doctor Strange series, that sounds awesome because Doctor Strange, who's known as, like, the guy who sips tea and tells Reed Richards what to do with magic. Instead, this guy, like Jason Aaron, is on the cover. He's carrying an axe, like he's like he's got this giant axe, and it's called uh, the tagline is "Some surgery needs a sca- requires a scalpel, some an axe." So, ah. I guess uh, Doctor Strange is getting a little more hands on instead of just saying exclaiming stuff. And and lastly, I wanted to talk about the um, just. It was such a funny one. So Howard the Duck is getting a new number one again. And it's at issue four. Like, it's <laughs> issue four now. And so the cover jokes about that. It's like, Howard the Duck number one, parentheses, yes again. And it says, Howard uh, gets a new hat. <laughs> and it's just Howard looking at a bunch of... Whoa. Whoa. It's Howard just looking at a bunch of hats on the floor like, really? Just the <laughs> new hat? Really? It, I'm looking forward to all those books. They all look really cool. Anyway, that was. That I was, think more beer cans just fell than there are issues of Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so on the Marvel. Okay, a little more Marvel news though too is that um, Guardians of the Galaxy has its own a name two has a name now. And that name is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. So that kind of fits with movie? the mix. Yeah, the movie. Wow, it's called. So yeah, the movie will be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. 
Me, I, I, I take thought... that as a reference to the Awesome Mix Volume One. Oh, okay, volume two. that's right. what I take. That's what I, I expected. Slightly, a uh, slight bit more reverence in the in the title. Yeah, I wanted more reverence too. I have to say, but hey, what you gonna do? Um, let's see here. Oh, there was one other cool fact I read. Oh yeah, so. This was the trailer that came out before uh, we recorded today. There's a new trailer for the Fantastic Four that's out. And in it, it is the first, like, they've had all these, like, nighttime, like, flashes mm-hmm. of the Thing shots in it. And this is the first time we saw full-on a picture of the Thing. And, like, he's naked. Like, he doesn't have pants on or anything. It's just... But he doesn't have a stone thing. wiener either. No, he do- he, he's, he's like a Ken doll. Like, he's just walking... Oh, well, actually, boy. Ken doll has... That's not a that's not a good comparison because a Ken doll has like a like plastic underwear just on his body like it's not just smooth but you know what I mean he's let me pull up a picture for you but it's just so strange that just give the thing pants why can't they give him pants to put over his rocky body he just looks naked and, eh. just get a bunch of bulges yeah <laughs> yeah does the real does the thing in comics have a wiener is that established um, I mean. I, not that we have seen it, but I do believe it is. What is, is the like, canon situation? Does he reference I mean, cano- canonically, he has had girlfriends who he has sex with, yeah. though you don't need a penis to have sex. Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. definitely imply it, but like. Any part of them could get rock hard. Yeah, or. Well, all of I them. Mean, well, all of them. <laughs> like, also, like, man, just having, like, skin to rock contact with him while yeah. having sex, like, that just seems. Just would hurt, wouldn't it? Sometimes love hurts, Hank. Yeah. But yeah, he—I believe he does. It's it, they—they they don't get too below the belt on it. But like, he doesn't get naked. Like I've seen him. I feel like I've read a comic or something where a joke is that he lost his clothes and he's covering his—he's covering his front, which would would mean he has something there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just a—it's just a strange choice. And somebody shared with me. Wait, does, does he poop? Does the rock? He, does, does the thing poop? I know the rock uh, poops. The rock, smell, poops. the rock is pooping. <laughs> uh, the thing poops. Yeah, this. Um, the only. Uh, the only reference to that I can remember was Ultimate Thing, mm-hmm. and because Ultimate Thing, uh, he says like Reed Richards asks him, "So can you use the bathroom?" And Thing says, "Yeah, but it's complicated." And so waste does move out of his body, but it also cannibalizes most of it. Uh, so if he poos, then he also pees, which means he has. It genitalia, must... which means he has sex. Well, I mean, again, he could also like he could get a strap on if he if he does. Oh, yeah. wow. he could have. Yeah, I'm just saying. I look, guys. The thing's I'm, got, the thing's got yeah. options. It's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So about fifteen. It's that. <laughs> <laughs> he has lots of options here. Okay, let me pull up. I I finally found a good picture of him. Also, somebody. Uh, let me see the name of the person here. Oh yeah, it was a uh, Contravania on Twitter suggested that this is the time for me. To get thingdick.com. We really need that. <laughs> yeah, okay, look at that. Look at that full body thing. Like, I, he's just naked. It's just, it feels weird. You really want pants. I know. Like, they put pants on the Hulk. Like, and it makes you just, when he's not wearing clothes, like, you want to, the first place you look is his dick. Or is his What's the big thing with Fox? You know, Mystique is naked all the time. Now the yeah. thing is naked. Maybe yeah, that's, yeah, maybe Fox is just like, this works so good for Mystique. We can, we're going to, we're going to get rich off of this. Well, while you're talking thing. about it though, I do want to give a shout out to Contravania. That's my boy. Uh, that's Satanga. Oh, on the, yeah. uh, on the oh, streams he's, there. He's cool. Oh, he, uh, he, he owned us in uh, Quiplash. 
Well, it didn't know me. I wasn't playing that he's game. The, yeah. uh, he's the master of puns. I promised I'd give him a shout out on No, it. hey, that's... As I'm representing the people. No, he's... Well, and he's right. I should... I really need to get Thing Dick as, as the thing. Now. But that... Uh, I guess from a perspective that, like, the new movie is going to be an origin story, sort of, of the Fantastic Four. I mean, Four. yeah, it is. It is. So, like, they're not going to have the uniform right away. Uh, so yeah. why does the thing need to wear anything when he becomes a thing at first? Like, I have no... Yeah. I have no... Just like outwardly like some, facing genitalia. Yeah, um, just give him like some oversized, you know, basketball shorts or whatever. Why just would he wear it? Like he has no reason to. He's not a human anymore. I guess, but that doesn't mean he can't want to feel human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's his whole struggle. That he hates that he isn't human anymore, and he likes wearing clothes. Yeah. This is not the thing I know. I, this is I, way more upsetting than any race changes in casting. Yeah. The thing wears clothes, guys. All right, I'm just insisting upon. I this. seem to maybe this is a maybe I'm misremembering it, but did like Michael Chiglis wear like a like an overcoat and a hat? Oh, yeah, to yeah. Pretend? Uh, when he was when he was out on the town for sure. Yeah. But <laughs> I just he, also, he had some uh, some blue stretchy pants, didn't he? Yeah, he wore pants. He wore full pants. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the my favorite thing. Look, is the wrestling singlet that he's worn from time to time. That's my <laughs> yeah. favorite one, though. I mean, I accept thing pants. Thing yeah, but who doesn't look good in a wrestling singlet? We all, yeah, we all do. We all. Oh, and also, I, I <laughs> Hank's just, wearing one right now. <laughs> I just saw this uh, online that uh, Kevin Smith shared this picture of all his like dramatic weight loss, and it is impressive. He says he's like eighty. He had a picture of him from two thousand eight. And then from two weeks ago, and he's lost 85 pounds since then. And so he's like, he's really looking good. I was, yeah. he still, though, wears an oversized trench coat and the biggest, like, jean shorts yep. ever. But <laughs> hey, man, he's, he, he dress however you feel, Kevin Smith. I'm not going to knock you. He's we're, we're podcast for Rats, too. <laughs> so, so. so he can look like Silent Bob again. <laughs> the, I, man, that Silent Bob costume man. is the best. Like, that you yeah. just have to wear a backwards hat and a fucking trench coat. Like, I feel like on the set he was just like, well, how do I become Silent Bob? Oh, I'll stop talking and hat backwards. Yeah, but I feel like Kevin Smith's the only person in the world who still has to dress up a little bit to be Silent Bob. (laughs) That is true, yeah. That that a hockey jersey is his primary outfit, which... uh, and he just owns his own custom hockey jerseys now, so he doesn't show off his. Is he an Islanders guy? Or no, he's from Jersey. So, yeah. He's from. Well, wait, wait, where did what what teams did Jerseyites root for? The Devils. Oh, that's yeah. right. They let's, actually. Let's go Blackhawks. Mm. All right, yeah, you're cha- they're the champs, right? We are the champs. Yeah. They're a dynasty now. Yeah, we are. Wow. <laughs> oh, Sports. <laughs> well, oh yeah, uh, CM Punk's book was part of that list too. That his his he's doing the Drax book, and mm-hmm. it's called. The tagline for it is best in the universe. Which, oh, that's uh, so cool. And the cover image is uh, Drax is about to compete in the IFC, and uh. seemingly there's an octagon behind, like the, an octagon wall behind him. So just in case you weren't sure CM Punk was writing this book, <laughs> it's... Yeah, you know, they got to they gotta go hard into, like, you yeah. know, you hire a celebrity writer, you got to let people know you got a celebrity. Yeah. As long as uh, CM Punk doesn't book himself too strong, like, I'm going to beat Drax. Just so everyone knows that I'm better than Batista. CM Punk's good at putting people over. Yeah, he, he, he is. He, he put over Batista. Well, I mean, that was... This is getting Kinda into wrestling left. talk. We Keep shouldn't do that. Uh, all right, let's... I think that's pretty much all the news that's fit to talk about right now. So why don't we get into the question of the week? So you guys weren't on last week, so I'll let you guys answer the old one, too, if you'd like, which is, which... Uh, 
which actor do you think has portrayed a superhero the best a super character the best like who's who's done the best job like last week i said uh christopher reeves i think he he is the original superman is like the gold standard there's been tons of great people who have played superheroes but his his boyish innocence of superman and his like sense of fun like i just love that about him he just felt like i'm looking at superman on the screen here i'm not looking at an actor playing superman i'm looking at superman and i i did mark ruffalo just yeah. based on like how much he's owned the roles with like not even a full movie to his name i know yeah. i do like that i like uh superman for me the christopher reeves stuff it almost feels like he is you know the tom hanks big like if 11 year old <laughs> were to suddenly be like i am superman and he has that childhood oh, naivety. That's, that's like a, you know now i can sleep with lois lane <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to put it yeah that he is totally being he is he's a grown-up boy but he's so he's not like he's, he's not, not he's stupid. Not, he's not like, jaded by yeah. by the real world. He still uh, thinks everything can be you know awesome. Yeah. Uh, I guess for me though, uh, I was a big fan of uh, Fassbender's uh, Magneto. Oh yeah, the first ah. X Men uh, reboot movie or the Origins movie, whatever you want to call it. Mm. I just thought he did a really good job of portraying you know. He's not a bad dude. He's just had a rough run. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can really he does a good job of showing that pain that makes Magneto the guy that Magneto is. Yeah, and I also like he plays him so militantly that he's like that. Yeah. If you were to say that he's you know that his mutant rights things is equivalent to other civil rights things, mm. it's the same deal. Like some people who would say. Hey, you know, let's not ask for everything at once. Let's work within the system. And he says, like, no, we get everything right now, or I will strangle people to get it. Absolutely. Like this, and that he is that he portrays that toughness so well, and also that he did it like in both films. There's at least one scene where they're doing a plan with Magneto, and then they're like, all right, we're all on the same page, cool. And then Magneto sees an opportunity, and in just one second, he's like, no, no, we're not doing that. Poof, kills a guy. Yeah, this is my plan now. I'm taking over. Like, I that was a cool. I like that aspect of his character absolutely also this, this, the best scene in any uh sorry to deride mm. here but the scene in the in the second x-men uh origins type movie there where they're on the plane and, and he he goes on his you know his rant uh, talking talking all sorts of smack to professor x and all that mm. and where were you where were you all that uh well, he's funniest... a heroin addict give him a break <laughs> that's true <laughs> Well, magic uh, heroin. <laughs> the uh, the line after he shakes the ship up and uh, Wolverine just you know so you're gonna pick all this shit up now or <laughs> best line good. best line in an X Men movie ever I, I as like far that. as I'm concerned. Uh, that was good. I also like that he said like they set up that he killed JFK and he's like no I didn't he was a mutant. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was and you don't know if he's lying and he's just bullshitting Xavier or if he actually believed that yeah. like. And then Randy? Yeah. Uh, well, not my favorite, but I have to call out Liam Neeson as Dark Man, which is amazing. <laughs> That's comic. great. Yeah, no. No, but I actually think uh, I think Billy Billy Cribs did a really good job as uh, Dr. Manhattan. Ooh. He did. I think he did, too. <laughs> I think so, You too. just don't like Dons. You're crazy homophobic. I it's know. Okay. It's, it's <laughs> absolutely not true. I love Dons. Um, no. I no, but he has a, he has a, a great, no. I think he did a really good job of getting sort of that distance from humanity look and, mm. and sort of the tinge of emotions going on. Yeah, that he's he was one of the redeeming parts of that movie. <laughs> he's one of the only movies I've ever almost walked out on. Yeah, that, but that his he got his character right. That's let's get we can get in Watchmen very briefly here. But yeah, that I felt that. The parts that it got right are when characters were like, oh, yeah, you're totally the dude from the car- comics. When they would take a turn away from that, that's what it would upset me more. I'd be like, no, you you clearly got this part. You clearly got Dr. Manhattan. Or or they'd have like like 10-minute stretches that were simply the comic. Like 
the the stuff with with Manhattan on Mars, like remembering his life, that's just pages of the comics. Just and that, right was, that was fine. I enjoyed and, that. And same with Rorschach. Rorschach telling the story of his life. Same deal. Like, but then then there were other parts. But yeah, I would definitely say Billy Crudup. Mm. Uh, he got. He had he was distant but not unemotional. Like he had compassion, but he's just like, but I'm not human anymore. Like that's that's what Manhattan's about. He cares about people, but he isn't a person. Roger Eber gave a four star review purely on Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> wow, I forgot that. I, I'll watch. You were asking me beforehand to watch the director's cut. I will. I'll I'll watch it. I've had the Blu-ray for a long time. I'll give it a watch. Set aside seven and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well. You won't get any Patreon bonuses that day, guys. I'm sorry. I gotta watch this. I gotta watch this thing. Just, Unless uh, we do it for just stream commentary. it. Just stream it with commentary. Well, for three hours, man, mm. I want to make people sit through that long. Of it. All right, but uh, let's get into everybody else's best replies. So Shin with two N's. Uh, they said, "Yeah, that has to be RDJ. He embodies Stark so perfectly that he has become Tony in real life." I'd say that's like almost backwards and forward that like he is kind of Stark in real life, but then also this comic Stark has just become more Robert oh, Downey sure. Jr. Like Now yeah. I remember growing up and like, you know, watching the Iron Man cartoon and like, you know, Bill Clinton would guest star. Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I forgot about that. And yeah, that he's they RDJ added a lot more danger and and, you know, sexuality, I suppose, to yeah. the character that wasn't there before. <laughs> Uh, so Tenga, who we were just talking about, uh, went with, I'm going to exalt Ron Perlman's full immersion into the role of Hellboy. Not only has he completely perfected the heroic devil's personality, but it's a role he really wants to do again someday. That's I really like that, too, about yeah, him. Yeah, like, those are great movies. He does he, a great job. He's great as Hellboy, and you can tell he loves doing Hellboy. And, you know, I, what was, I, I saw an interview once with Michael Chiklis who said, he was fine being the thing, but he hated the makeup. Like, he would never want to do that makeup again. But clearly, Perlman wants to be Hellboy despite full body makeup <laughs> that probably, like, six hours every two of his whole day is just be having that makeup put on him. And he still wants to do Hellboy 3 really badly. And and he is great in that role, especially Hellboy 2. Like, he's... Even the animated movies they did. He was oh, yeah, he's the it. voice yeah. in that, too. Yeah. I've tell- I forgot about those. Uh, to the Matt Cave also says Christopher Reeve. A lot of Christopher Reeve love on here. Uh, Raccoon Hale, as you'd expect, uh, went <laughs> with Rocket Raccoon saying, I have to say that Bradley Cooper and Oreo, which I guess is the name of the raccoon they hired, uh, teamed up rather nicely to bring Rocket Raccoon to life. My only criticism is I want a Cockney accent. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hear you. It is weird that they he got to have a Cockney accent in UMV three, but then they just like ditched that. Like, nah, it's 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 just a dude. It's it's Bradley Cooper dude voice. Can I uh, can I read this one that I totally agree with? Okay. Uh, Dango Mushi says, "Well, he ain't no superhero, but J.K. Simmons' portrayal of J. Jonah Jameson yeah. is the pinnacle of comic characters come to life." Oh yeah. That, Did they even recast that role in uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies? He just didn't show up. Yeah, the, that's, uh, that's a good. Move. In one of the most annoying parts of of the second. Uh, amazing Spider-Man film. J. Jonah Jameson is referenced in an email. He sends an email to J. Jonah Jameson with pictures of, of Spider-Man and saying like, hey, Spider-Man's not so bad. And then J. Jonah Jameson replies like, no, he is. And that's it. I'm like, <laughs> really? He just kept it to email? Why yeah. even have this? Like, uh, Was it in all caps at least? Uh, I yeah, imagine, uh, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, Moan for Stallone is, uh, <laughs> says... Stallone put it uh, put it down in Jude Dredd. Jud- no, he, he, <laughs> Jude he, he wrote Jed. He wrote Jude Dredd. I should have wrote. Uh, Stallone put it down in, in Jud Dredd. His chiseled 
chin and witty banter with two-time Razzie Award nominee Rob Schneider <laughs> is the stuff of comic book to film adaptation legend. Then he corrects himself. Honestly, there is only one true Joseph Dredd, and it's Carl Urban from J- Dread 3D. And Urban does an amazing job of Dread. Fantastic. Can he use more a- robots. <laughs> but there, he, he was all the robot you needed. Uh, and Night Dehumidifier, uh, another good performer on a quick yeah. uh, quip lash game, uh, says Billy Zane was so convincing as the shadow. What, the I shadow. mean the phantom. Yeah, he wrote the shadow. But let's. I'll fix so, this so, joke. So, so he met. So he met Alec Baldwin yeah. as the shadow. No, no, no. Down, Randy. <laughs> Billy Zane was so convincing as the phantom. I could have sworn he was truly slamming evil in front of my very eyes. <laughs> So he did mean the Phantom with that slam evil joke, but I've heard that's the most like chipmunk cheeked uh, performance in all of superhero <laughs> no, yeah. movies, where it's like this mask is literally pushing all the fat down into like a single <laughs> section. Ooh, yeah. That though. Then again, if you've seen the Shadow, most of Alec Baldwin's costumes are meant to hide his gut. Uh, like they're just holding his gut in. But and now we've got um, what's his. Whoever's playing Thor, literally, probably working out every single day mm, to keep up that. Yeah, he, like this person with the perfect body playing yeah. Thor. I, it's it sucks for guys now. They're probably looking at like Alec Baldwin or Christopher Reeve or Adam West and saying like, why those guys didn't like do a push up to be in these characters? <laughs> yeah, man. they're not like uh, not like Michael Keaton who was in the peak of his physical condition for his <laughs> uh-huh. movies. Yeah, all that. See, they got to depend on ru- on uh, the on padded rubber. Had a rubber oh, okay. to give them give them definition. Being a villain's where it's at. You can be Denny DeVito and yeah. be a villain, and you get all the best lines. Yeah. Too. Uh, Ravenborn brings up uh, Scarlett Johansson, but not who do you think? Uh, I think Scarlett Johansson did an excellent job in her first comic book role as Rebecca Doppelmeyer in Ghost World. Thor Birch was really great as Enid and totally sold me on the movie and fil- and adaptation. Ghost World's really good. Yeah. Really good book. Uh, let's, before we're out, let's just bring up, you know, Road to Perdition, yeah. American Splendor. <laughs> now, this this opens a big door. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. that uh, if if Harvey Picar counts as a superhero, <laughs> then he then yeah, he did a great uh, Paul Giamatti did a great job of him. That's him. History of violence, best. <laughs> okay, and one of uh, uh, two last quick hits. One was uh, White December said Mark Strong is Sinestro in Green Lantern, which he was the best part of that Green Lantern movie. There's some things you can knock about Green Lantern the movie, but not Mark Strong as Sinestro. Like he he totally got that character right. I I love Sinestro. And and then Spock Kirk Spock Kirk says uh, had just named off a few good ones. Uh, Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher, which like wow, man. Uh, Patrick Warburton as the Tick, which I think he was definitely committed uh, to that yeah, role. See that. Hey, half fight. And then one person I hadn't thought of in a million years: Yancey Butler as Witchblade from the TNT Witchblade series. Like I totally forgot oh, about that entire series. Uh, all right, so yeah, those that was the best answers to last week's question of the week. This week's question of the week. Oh, and also I apologize. We don't have time for Superhero Spotlight, but, Wes, I will do the question next week. I promise you. I promise. <laughs> we will do the question. Uh, but, okay, so this week's question week is, which upcoming Marvel or newish DC book are you looking to try? And so this is a, a series that, you know, you wouldn't normally read. You're not that into it. But, you know, based on the ads and stuff or just what you've heard about it, you're going to give this one a try. And so I'll, I'll start off with... You know, I hadn't been keeping up with the Ultimates, and this book may as well not... It's not the Ultimates, but it is called the Ultimates. It's a new version of it. It's just this team of disparate characters that you wouldn't see together normally, like Captain Marvel, um, uh, Photon, the former Photon, and um, Doctor... It's just just a weird set of characters you wouldn't see together normally. And also, same with... um, 
I'm really looking forward to reading Scarlet Witch by James Robinson. Like, I'm a big fan of James Robinson's work, and Scarlet Witch, I don't think, has had a solo book in, like, 20 years or something. So I'm really looking forward to checking that out. Um, Really quick answer. Um, Based on the fact that I'm I'm now MLG Pro at uh, Daredevil Comics, (laughs) and what you have said about the new writer of the Daredevil comic being Mm -hmm. a lawyer... Having a law, having a law background, and what—that's what I liked about the uh, the trade that I read. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing like a more legal focused Daredevil. Mm-hmm. That sounds weird, but I, I, I like, wonder if I, it'll still be set in San Francisco because it currently is. And ah, that wait, the trade I read wasn't right. No, no, no. Oh, he's, yeah, he's he has City, since yeah. moved to San Francisco since that ah, trade. Ah, yeah. so that's another uh, another bonus for me. You guys either have any thoughts? Is there a new Iron Fist book? No, not that I know oh, of. Come which, on. Yeah, I know. He's uh, there's apparently a mini uh, short story about him, and I mean, he's got to have one soon. Maybe they're waiting till next year when the new when the series starts. But he's going to be in a mini story in a Secret Wars book about his relationship with Misty Misty Knight, the uh, Pam Greer with a cyborg arm. Which, uh, <laughs> which by the way, I tweeted that. that and sounds got, very sexy. I'll buy that for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> she's. I love Misty Knight, and I tweeted a, a, a bit about how cool she is and how she. I really hope she's in the Netflix first. She should be. She's. <laughs> she is always hanging out with Iron Fist and and uh, and Luke Cage. And when I tweeted, it got retweeted by uh, Black Girl Nerd at Black Girl Nerd on Twitter, and I now I have become a fan of that person so guys follow at black girl nerd let me just tell you about that but anyway i know iron fist i think the closest you're gonna get is like i think he might be in one of the weirder team-up books but unless they're holding something back though also i am looking forward to bendis's take on iron man as well like it's that he's never he's never written a solo iron man book before so to see what he can do with it uh and just to get on a dc thing too i am going to read the new the new Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter has a new series, and he's John Jones has always been one of like my favorite underrated dudes. I never I started appreciating when he appeared in the JLA book by Graham Morrison. They, they did a lot of cool stuff with that green. You you think you'd get more exposure of a character who is a a green telepath detective shapeshifter man who is as strong as Superman. Like he he can do all this stuff. He is Batman and Superman in one person, and he's also a weird alien. Like that's exciting, but. Nobody's done enough stuff with him, so... And, and Wes, you... Any? any? Uh, the only one that I had, Dave Stoll. Uh, oh, and the only reason I re- even know too much about that is because I just watched through the Daredevil series, and as is my custom, when I'm watching something, I compulsively, you know, Wikipedia to everything, ah, Marvel Wiki yes. to everything. Uh, so I, I read about that getting ready to, to come out and got excited for it and figured maybe that'd be my springboard back into reading a little bit more. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are going to jump on board with Daredevil now. Well, it's I mean, the series was was phenomenal. It's, yeah. As somebody who only watches the shows, it made me want to jump in. Daredevil's amazing. He, he's yeah. Batman, but instead of succeeding, he fails at yeah, every point. He yeah. fails. Yeah, that uh, it was a quote I read from Carl Kessel, who was a Daredevil writer in the 90s. He said, if Spider-Man is Bugs Bunny, Daredevil is Daffy Duck. He can't. Yeah. He's similar, but he fails at everything. Everything goes wrong for him. Everything goes right for Bugs. Everything goes wrong for Daredevil. You it just, is one you thing just don't I, see yeah. Daffy Duck doing all the painkillers. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it must hurt so much to put his duck bill back into position every time it oh, gets man. shot off. That is one thing I hope for more of in that trade that I got, where it was like, isn't Daredevil kind of a fuck up who like has bad relationships and mm. sometimes indulges too much? 
in his vices. Uh, well, really, women is his only vice. Oh, he doesn't yeah. drink any or anything. He bar- yeah, he barely gets any in that book. And they all get killed. Dave Rudin's reviews. <laughs> Daredevil barely gets any in this yeah. book. <laughs> all right, so that's it for this week's episode. Let's do some quick plugs. There's a new episode of Laser Time <laughs> where we talk about friendly robots. And, uh, and, of course, come on, Patreon. Thanks again, everybody. Thank you very much. Yay, and thank if you. And if you are a patron... Then you've been getting the free new episode or the included episodes in it of Bonus Time and The Simpsons Show and uh, Talking Simpsons. And, and we'll be. And the wrestling commentary. And the wrestling the $10 commentary. Level. That's right. You, at the $10 level, you get all this cool stuff. And, you know, we, and we want to keep giving more stuff to you. We've got all these things to meet. This is totally a full time job for us now. Mm-hmm. And we're loving it. Yes. Dave, you, any other thing I missed anything else? Uh, yeah. I mean, our first wrestling commentary went up for $10 patrons and over. Um, one of the uh, one of the most emotional matches I think that the both of us have ever seen live: Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan versus John Cena at SummerSlam 2013. Such a great match, such a heartbreaking, <laughs> such an uplifting then heartbreaking. Heartbreaking ending. to watch now too when yeah. you see like, oh, Daniel Bryan could move. I miss that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and 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 you were on this week's VGA as well. Yep. Did it go well. Yeah, yeah, no, it went well. We talked about the top, our top five games of the first half of 2015. I'm guessing Arkham Knight was in there. Arkham Knight was in there, yes. So uh, there's a win for Randy. But but Henry, don't worry, it it didn't make the list, but I definitely made a case for uh, the Street Pass games in the second okay, half of the good, episode. Good, good, good. <laughs> and either you guys have anything you want to plug? I'll let Randy go first. Plug your Twitter. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, at Wesley Green on Twitter, W-E-S-L-E-Y yeah. Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of you have probably seen me. I also had my first Laser Time article posted this week, yeah. so ah. go ahead and uh, check it out. I posted Monday, so it might be in Laser towards Grind. Laser Grind. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. I hope you read it. <laughs> so go on there, uh, comment. We got a couple more uh, games ready to write up in the shoot, but if you uh, have any suggestions, anything you'd like me to play and write up, uh, feel free to shoot me up on Twitter or, or hit me up. On, shoot, uh, me shoot me up on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I also tie my arm and shoot me up on Twitter. <laughs> I also promised I'd shoot out a couple quick uh, shouts to sure. some other some of your other more loving fans here. Uh, Gary Suttle, that's my boy Caveman. Uh, my brother Joe, who's down in South South Africa right now, listening oh, wow. from Johannesburg. Wow. Uh, Lisa Klopek, Patriot fan. You guys, I'm sure have seen Patriot fan on yeah. the streams. Austin, he's a good guy. I mentioned Satanga, and uh, of course my brother, my good friend. <laughs> Moan for Stallone. Uh, yeah. You guys are all you guys are all the tops in my books. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I, well, I recognize all those names because I've been reading yeah. them off just from all the comments and 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 from the streams and everything. It, this is, yeah. the, I mean, another great thing about this Patreon. Not to sound like I'm plugging it all the time, but the great thing about it is that I've been interacting more with the with the readers and the listeners more than ever before, and it's been really good. I've, yeah. I've really enjoyed it. I finally saw a, a photo of Moan for Stallone. Stallone for, should be moaning for that guy. <laughs> was he's, it, uh, he's jacked. Was it, was it one of the ones he made or one of the ones I made? Because we were both uh, putting up pictures of him. I, it was, yeah. It, uh, was it Magic Moan? Mac, was Black it? Snake Moan. Oh, that Stallone. was mine. I made uh, that one. Yeah. yeah. No, the uh, guy is giant. I'm a big yeah. guy. I'm about 6'2", 240, and I would not mess with Moan for Stallone. Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, and Randy? Uh, you can follow me at Demon Curry on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are you a you fan want... of Curry? <laughs> so, so is that a, is that a Stephen Curry reference? Or... No, no, no. Spice. It's a, so basically, right. my, my 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 handle used to be a Monkey Island reference uh, okay. as for Monkey Island Three as you know, Demonic Murray, the Talking Skull. But every time I go on uh, line, everyone think it's Demon Curry. So I'm like, oh, I might as well change it. <laughs> <laughs> Demonic Murray, Demon Curry. That's I like that. <laughs> okay, so follow you on Twitter. Cool. That's it. Uh, 
And buy, buy uh, Arkham Knight, why yeah. don't you? Right. Yeah, I know. Definitely purchase <laughs> Arkham Knight. The DLC is actually going to be pretty awesome. You'll hear more about it at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. No, yeah, The I mean, what I've seen so far of it, you know, from the season pass deals and stuff, the at the very least I remember the... Um, uh, you know the Batgirl DLC playing as Barbara like that that excites me the possibility of playing as Barbara for the first time ever really in a game that I can recall like no, it sucks everyone I think in uh, Warner Brothers Rocksteady and DC all love Babs yeah so Babs is great yeah. and as I mean now it feels it's it's funny how long the Arkham games have been going that when it started having Oracle was just like well yeah it's Oracle duh and now now Oracle's almost like a retro character to be appearing yeah. in Arkham games because like Oracle's been gone for three no, four years now so yeah it's it's interesting to see her back again in in the games but for the first time on on screen anyway. I also love, oh my god, one last thing I want to say about Arkham Knight when I started it. When you turn, when you get to the clock tower and you get the passcode into the Shakespeare bust, I was like, ah, oh, that's hilarious. That, <laughs> I love that. And the gray ghost poster, yeah. too. Or, did you see the Oracle mask in there? Yeah, I did. I did see that Oracle mask. That was See, just all those little things just in one spot. Like That's what I love. Like Rocksteady... They pack the backgrounds with so many awesome scenes. I, I love that. All right, anyway, I don't want to keep you guys any longer. You've got places to go on your trip uh, through San Francisco, so I will not keep you any longer. But this has been fun. Until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior.